Welcome to the Financial Coconut Podcast Network, the leading personal finance podcast network in Singapore. I'm your host, Reggie, aka your chief financial coconut, and every Tuesday, you will be spending more time with me. <laughs> and sometimes, I will be bringing some friends along as I take you through various leading ideas that I find interesting and worthy of your time in the personal finance world today. I've decided to call this segment First Dips, hoping that you and I can get first dips on these leading ideas. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, coconuts. So retirement is at the center of many people's concern. Probably yours also. That's why you tune in every week. <laughs> I don't think I need to establish well, why is it a concern, blah, 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 all that. But to double down on this idea, every year, there are tons of articles in the mainstream media to suggest that Singaporeans may not be prepared for retirement. And my question is, so how prepared is prepared? How much you need me to prepare? <laughs> <laughs> this is an extremely arbitrary discussion and very arbitrary idea in itself, right? 30 years later, how are you going to know what's going to happen, right? So it's quite far, a bit foggy. Some people may not be concerned, some people are too concerned about it. Either way, I feel that this discussion can be further expanded. There's even a study by NUS Center of Aging Research, acronym CARE, right? Everything got acronym, huh? So NUS CARE suggests that eventually millennials like you and I will become centenarians, right? That's a median that we're expecting. Or at least very close, uh, late 90s and somewhere in the ballpark. So in other words, right, we'll all be very old, uh, looking not very crispy and uh, downstairs drinking kopi and complaining about things, huh? Eventually. <laughs> so preparing for the 100 years old, I think I, I get why people are concerned and why people are a little bit jittery about it. Today, I'm going to throw in three big ideas to help you anchor your thoughts about retirement. So good morning everyone and welcome you to another day with the Financial Coconut. In our podcast, debunking financial myths, discovering best financial practices and discussing financial strategies that fits our unique life. You get it. Ultimately empowering us to create a life we love for managing our finances well. My name is Reggie, I'm your host for today and today we're going to spend time to talk a little bit more about pre-retirement questions and some of these big ideas that you must ask, you must grapple with when looking at retirement. So yes, today we take on the big idea of retirement. It's an endless discussion. I mean, recently there's the whole fire movement and then, you know, um, there's this whole like fear of sandwich generation, not being able to retire and comfort and a lot of all these things, right? So everything uh, somehow boils to retirement, okay? And this idea does live on a spectrum. Some people will romanticize it. Some people are a little bit more afraid of it. Uh, while, while most may not be super emotional about it, we do wonder, okay? So most people will not be like, oh, retirement! But we do wonder, right? We do wonder how much do I need to retire? And it does not help that every year there's a new number. Every year got a new number. Breakthrough, breakthrough. New retirement. Uh, Singapore is the most expensive city to live in. <laughs> so there's always this thing and it drives emotional, it drives jitteriness amongst a lot of us, right? So I don't think it's the most healthy thing to consume, but it's definitely a clear sign that Singaporeans are concerned about retirement. 
I personally am not very concerned about this magic number, you know, or the whole like, oh, every year there's a new number. And, oh my God, it's getting more and more expensive. You know, I'm not very concerned about that because those discussion makes no sense. It's very useless. You want to focus on the models that are being used to project those numbers. Those are more important, right? So what is the assumption in the growth rate of cost of living, right? Because you're trying to project into the future, right? So what is the cost of living going to look like? Right, and what's the cost of medical going to look like? Right, what's the potential investment returns that we can subject to? What's the core inflation rate? What are the interest rates out there that we're assuming? And a lot of these things, right, are the things that you should focus on when trying to understand the models that these experts put up. The problem is most people only talk about the magic number; they don't really look at the model in itself. And I've spent many, many, many episodes talking to all these different experts to ask them about their models. What is their assumptions? And all these things matter. So please go and check out Choose with TFC, other stuff. Um, there are a lot of different things there and I hope it gives you a clearer idea. The reality is all these different experts, they have their own view, they have their own ideas, they have their own strategies. Right? So I'm not saying that they are wrong. I'm just saying that most people don't focus on their models. They only look at the number. That's why it's very jittery, very fearful. Oh my God, what's going to happen? Right? But if you go and look at the models and try to understand what are they projecting, why are the numbers changing, what are their inputs, then you get a clearer idea. And of course, if you're an avid listener of the podcast, you know that by now, in episode 90, I've talked about this, right? In Episode 90 of the podcast, creating your own financial plan by following these three core processes. If you haven't, you can go and check it out after you're done with today's episode. Either way, to cut it short, there are three core processes in planning any financial strategy. And also, when it comes to you know planning a financial plan, no, of course, it is financial strategy. The three core processes are goals, strategy, and risk management. And to be fair, a lot of the discussion out there is about strategy. Should I invest in this? Should I allocate my capital in this way? Should I buy property or rent? Right? Should I YOLO first or should I fire? You know, should I be frugal? Blah blah blah. You know, how should I fight for promotion? All these, a lot of them are all strategies, right? So different, different strategies. And in my view, it makes no sense unless you get clarity on your goals. What are you aiming for? What are you projecting? What are you trying to do? So today I'm going to spend some time to give you three core ideas um, to help you envision a little bit more about your goals. What are you looking for before you explore all these other strategies? Because like I said, three core processes, right? Goals, strategy, risk management. If you never solve your goals, um, everything else is a, you know, it's a discussion in the air. Lah. Not, not very important. Let's focus on the goals today, right? Which is why there are the pre-retirement questions to ask. But of course, before I give you the few questions, I want to caveat that everybody has a different perspective to the quality of life and uh, what do they want to achieve in retirement or what do they want to achieve all the way towards retirement and then close that arc during retirement. So this part is a lot more personal, a lot more selective uh, based on your worldview, your experiences and all that. So what I'm trying to provide you is not uh, an all be all, you know, you must do it this way. But I'm trying to give you some core ideas to grapple with when trying to understand your personal preferences, what are the things that you want to do when you retire or what is, what is your envision of retirement, okay? So the very first question that I feel you need to ask yourself when planning your retirement is, will you be reducing consumption in retirement? Why is this an important question? Because most of the models that I see out there, I've talked to many people, I've seen their models, a lot of them are pricing in an ever-increasing expense curve. 
right? Because retirement, essentially what happens is you stop working, you no longer have active income, you may have some investment income, those things will tie you to, uh, but your expenses, how do you model your expenses? And this is the question that's going to focus on that. A lot of people will model their expense on an ever-increasing, it, it just keeps going up one. Right? Oh yeah, okay. So currently, how much is your expense? Oh, you spend $3,000 a month. Uh. Oh, you spend $5,000 a month. Okay, uh, then we factor in an inflation number of 5%. Da, 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 and ever increasing. How to plan like that? Unless you are some wanderlust 60s, you're going to travel the world, you're going to have very big expenses, and you're going to do all that stuff nearing the end of your life, uh, which I recommend you to do a little bit younger, okay? Because I feel like by the time I'm 60, I don't know if I can do all the things that I've been doing now. Right? But all that being said, for the longest time, I've been wondering, can I continue to consume, you know, that much? Like what I'm doing now, right? Hang out with my friends, go cafe all the time, you know, uh, drink, hang. Okay, I don't really drink as much, but I know a lot of people, they drink after work or on the weekends, you know, barbecue, high tea lao, shopping every week. You know, really, you see the old auntie, you think they can shopping every week? <laughs> a bit hard, right? So, you know, I, I'm just trying to get an accurate model of how will consumption patterns look like going to the future. And to me, this is important. Why? Because if you don't have an accurate model of your consumption pattern going to the future and you just plan your retirement based on an ever-increasing expense curve, oh my goodness, you're going you're gonna to be allocating a lot of money, a lot of capital towards your retirement and it may depreciate your life now. From now to your retirement, oh my God, you, you're going you're gonna to have a cutback in the resource that you can spend because everything is being allocated to retirement or at least unnecessary amounts are being allocated to retirement because you're pricing in an ever-increased expense curve. So barring aside medical expenses, which you and I, we can, we know, right? We can feel it as we age, we spend more money on medical and uh, the, the numbers do show that it is the last few years of your life that you will spend a lot of money in the medical facilities, okay? So barring aside that, which has a clear trend of ever increasing towards the end, most consumption patterns will be a normal distribution. It will come down nearing the end of your life, okay? Or there is a data out, there's a quite established research out there that I have found. So I chanced upon this research by ILC UK, International Longevity Centre, United Kingdom. Okay. And it is in uh, 2010 research. Okay. So it's a new kind of research that is going on, or at least they are they are a little bit more ahead. Singapore also set up, you know, NUS Care Centre, right? And you're gonna see more research coming out of it. But the UK is, is a little bit earlier in this whole like gerontology, aging, you know, active aging, all those kind of stuff. And in 2010, the research on consumption pattern that they have done amongst older consumers shows that your peak consumption actually happens around 30 to 49. This is the time when your consumption will peak. Some people will peak a bit later, closer to 49. Some people will peak earlier. And by 65 to 74, your consumption is expected to half. In other words, by the time you reach retirement, your consumption pattern is expected to half from the peak of your, your days consuming, which is probably your 40s. Yeah, interesting, right? So please go and check out the research. But I think that is the case for many. And I'm not saying you must plan this way. I'm just saying that based on the research that they have gathered, the data they have established, um, I really ask myself, will I continue to consume? going forward like that? And if not, can I be more strategic about the way I plan my retirement? Because I now know that my expense curve is very likely to come down and there are some established studies to prove this. 
And to be very clear, coconuts, 6,000 a month retirement and planning a 3,000 a month retirement are vastly different. Huh? The amount of capital that you need to set aside today and the kind of investment risk that you need to take and the kind of income that you need to drive, the surpluses that you need to get are all very, very different. And this is definitely one of the core questions all your financial professionals will ask you when planning for retirement. Or even if you choose to plan on your own, this is something that you have to ask yourself. So think about it. How much do you really need in retirement? Is the expense curve an ever-increasing one? Or is it like what some of these studies have established, a normal distribution where you will peak consume about you know mid-late 40s and then by the time you are retirement, you consume half of it, of, of your peak. Actually, you really need studies to give you this idea. I mean, just go and live with some older people, right? They, they spend less time out, they eat out less, they eat less, everything is less. So yeah, think about it. Will you have an ever-increasing expense curve as you age or will your expense curve look like a normal distribution where you peak at about 40-something and by the time you reach retirement, you halve your consumption? All right, so think about it and uh, you should also check out Singapore's uh, CARE, right? So NUS CARE, Center for Aging Research. Okay, under Duke NUS, they have uh, some new interesting research and there's some of the leading experts, some of the best experts out there in the world uh, uh, have come here to do this extensive study. So I think it will give you a clearer idea and anchor some core ideas when planning for your retirement. But I want to reiterate, I want to reiterate this, that I'm not against optionality. That means if you have a lot of money left or you want to plan a richer retirement in a sense of you want to plan more so that you have more buffer to choose, right? So I'm not against optionality, but at what cost? I think that is the question. For a lot of people, if you are feeling that you're struggling and this thing is an endless cycle, endless pressure, then hey, maybe you should you know, try to model it in a more accurate fashion. And uh, yeah, you don't need to allocate so much capital into the future. Lah. Right, so this is a good news for all of you thinking about retirement. Which brings me to question number two that you should ask yourself when planning your retirement. And that is, must your last check bounce? This is a relatively new idea out there on the internet. And I will come back to you afterward from our sponsor. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Okay, this idea of must your last check bounce is an idea where should you spend to your last bit? That means to your last penny and the last check will bounce at the end of your life. Hence the idea of called the last check bounce life. For all of you that have not experienced uh, check bouncing, uh, good for you. Okay, but in other words, that means uh, the payer that trying to pay you money, right? they got no more left, right? So this is the idea where whether you should spend to your last penny. And this runs counter to many of the ideas in Singapore, especially when the family nucleus is at the core right, of many of our policies and structures. In other words, to put it simply, this is a question of legacy. Do you want to leave anything behind? And of course, legacy is the next big thing as you figure out, once you kind of model your consumption in question one, the next thing people think of is, how much do I want to leave or can my last check bounce? Do I really need to leave any legacy? So this is the next part that I think a lot of people will explore. And how I see it is, if I have some stuff left, great. If I don't, it's fine. 
So I'm a little bit more, you know, um, relaxed when it comes to this whole legacy thing. Maybe because I'm still single, I don't have kids and what have you, right? But I know for most people, this is not the most exciting way to look at legacy. Oh, no legacy is also a legacy. <laughs> but must we really work so hard to leave a big pot around after we leave? I'm not saying you have to or you shouldn't, but I'm just putting this question to you. I will say for many average families, any finances left from previous generations should be seen as a bonus and not something you squeeze to create. But let us not forget that wealth accumulated over time is very powerful, right? So if there's one generation that has a lot of surplus and you compound, compound over the different generations, this is why you have rich, powerful families all around the world and also in Singapore. And so this becomes a very interesting question because this is indeed a question of personal choice. And I want to give you the room. I am saying here that, you know, if you don't want to leave a legacy, it is okay, it's fine, okay? I, I don't feel that you should subscribe to, you know, social pressure and be forced down a certain path just because everybody is doing it and you have to do it. But if you would love to do it, then great, great on you. You, you have already internalized this idea and yeah, pursue what you need to pursue. At the end, the question is at what cost, right? The cost of this personal choice. Are you ready to go the extra mile to accumulate and gather the surplus so they can leave a legacy? If this is non-negotiable for you, great, go ahead. Because this is your core values, this is what you want to leave for your family and you take pride in it, you believe in it, take it and run, okay? I support you. But what I want to put out here is if it's not your thing, I want to reassure you that you're not alone. And legacy can come in many forms. It's not just all about wealth accumulation. Of course, in this game of capitalism, if you can accumulate wealth for your next generation, they do have an added advantage when playing the game. But of course, if you can go even further, you can accumulate wealth and build a legacy in other ways. That would be even better, even more amazing. Huh? You should share with me your perspective, share with me your thoughts, right? So drop us on Telegram group, send me your email, hello at financialcoconut.com. I want to hear from you. Also, just a quick tip and a quick idea for all of you. I strongly believe that everybody should pen down your thoughts. So write a book, pen down your life, pen down your thoughts. It's a big part of goal here, right? And... Uh, I think there's a lot of experiences and life and all that that we can pass down to the next generation in a written form. Why not, right? So this is an interesting idea. And so this second question is really about what do you want to leave behind? Something for all of us to think about. I would say... When you model your expenses, that is the part that's non-negotiable, right? Because you got to live for retirement, right? So you model your expenses, this part is non-negotiable. For this part on legacy planning, of course, if you have a lot of surplus, you know, it's not even about negotiable. It's like you just have a lot of surplus, you plan for the future. I would say that in your planning process, maybe you want to put this out as a separate thing, right? So as a separate line item, you plan for your consumption all the way into retirement and you also have this extra line item for legacy in a sense that if you have extra or somehow you have extra surpluses, then you wouldn't mind compounding this uh, to leave a legacy for the future, for next generation. But I feel like this whole last check bounce idea that's being proliferated all around the internet is an extension of the struggles of a lot of people today where you are living and limited bandwidth and you don't really have a lot of surplus anymore as things become more expensive. So it's just giving you an idea that, hey, you know, if you feel like your last check should bounce, then by all means, take that and run. Right? But if you have a lot of surplus and you strive for building this wealth legacy for yourself and for your family, then okay, take it and run. I support you. Which brings me to the third question when you want to ask yourself about 
pre-retirement, and that is, have you covered your biggest financial potholes? So I think financial planning out there in the market today, right, has a lot painted in the brighter future. Can we make our money work harder for us? You know, can we create financial surplus? What are our dreams, aspirations, and all that? And I think, great, young people should have dreams. We should embrace it. And I respect that, right? Well, I do not always agree, you know, with uh, how people look at finances and even this whole like dream building exercise. I respect that when we're younger, a lot of our financial planning is for a brighter future. We all want to do a little bit more. But as we age, okay, we have a stronger focus on planning towards retirement, which is why we're having this discussion um, as millennials and elder millennials and some people already like, you know, 40s and, and what have you, right? And I really think when you're planning for retirement, um, it's a little bit different because your focus is about whether have you covered your bases and not so much, uh, you know, just a bright future we ahead of us. In other words, I think retirement planning is a little bit of uh, envisioning your consumption patterns, of course, and deciding your legacy. Uh, but I think this third part is important is have you covered your bases? And what are your bases? Some of the things that you will fall, right? In other words, do you have a roof over your head? Are your medical expenses covered? At least to me, right, these are the two big bases, especially medical bills. And I think most of us will agree that insurance is a great tool for covering medical expenses. And insurance today is already very commoditized. I've talked about this again and again and again, and I reiterate that risk sharing is one of the greatest innovation of the financial world. Now, not so much all the speculative stuff, but this just risk sharing in itself, right? And medical insurance is something that is very commoditized, very out there. There are a lot of providers and all that, right? So it is going to help you um, cover your basis, in other words, as you plan for retirement. I know a lot of times when we're younger, insurance sounds like this part of financial plan where you're like, ah, yeah, set it and forget it. And all the talk about retirement planning revolves around point one and two, right? It's always about building dream. What is your future? How do you want to envision retirement? What's the legacy you want to build? But to me, uh, this is the most important part. Over a period of time, there'll be new products out there, there'll be new services, there'll be new medical breakthrough and you want to keep revisiting your medical insurance to know that as you age, as you move along, your insurance can cover you at a fair price. Okay, so this is the part that I think a lot of people should spend more effort on. Periodically checking in. Uh, don't set it and forget it. Uh. I think this is the part that a lot of people will be very lazy lah, because oh, you sign already, sign already, okay, then you move on. I do want to reiterate that uh, buying more insurance is not going to reduce your risk of getting sick. Uh. <laughs> it does not work that way. Uh. Uh, you got to take care of your health. You still got to do all the stuff. Take care. Make sure you're healthy. Check yourself and, and all that, right? So that is that. But as a medical community develops, right? As mental health becomes more integrated over the next decade into the public health system, you know, where it's more institutionalized, more commoditized, more people can get access to it. As genomics become more and more accepted, you know, as medicine become more and more tailor-made rather than blanket, right? Ah, you will start to see all these services out there in the medical field and insurance will catch up, right? It will try to provide you the suite of services and take away the risk, uh, the financial risk when you fall sick, right? So it will develop. Over time, some services will be covered. There'll be new policies, new ideas and all that. So you should periodically check in to catch up on what are the latest insurance policies out there that will cover all these new suite of services that you need that previously you never thought of, right? Previously, people don't think of our oh, mental health. Why need to insurance and you cover mental health? And insurance will not cover mental health until the state, until public health has a more commoditized arrangement, you know, in, in the mental health field, right? In, in other words, it is is like that, okay? Insurance is not here to make you less sick. It is here to take away the risk when you fall sick. 
So it's different. Huh? So as services in the medical field develop, insurance will cover more and more of it. So check in periodically and make sure you have your basis covered. Of course, a big other discussion is a HDB and all that, which we will not talk about today, whether you have your roof over your head. Um, check out our other podcast, Coconut Avenue, and you know we have a lot of discussion about these different, different parts. In conclusion today, I want to bring us back to this idea of retirement. Different people will have different envision of retirement, but I don't want you to fear the next big number that's going to come out next year. Every year, got big number. Oh, Singaporean is not ready for retirement because those things don't make sense. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm going to sum up today. Number one is, will your consumption reduce? Right? So will your consumption pattern reduce? Or is this going to be an ever-increasing idea? Uh, reality is, so far, some of the data that have been collected, and of course, also a lot of anecdotal experience. Like I see, oh, people, they don't eat as much. They don't shop as much. They wear the same flower tea for five times Chinese New Year, right? So... <laughs> Uh, but they never tell you about either way either way you will see consumption pattern drop okay after you peak at about your late 40s so if that is a situation you don't need to plan uh, so much expenses uh, into the future right so this is something that you can think of it can give you a little bit more room to make other decisions Point number two is, must your last check bounce? What is the legacy you want to leave? And if you want to leave a legacy, great, good on you. If you don't want to leave a legacy, I think this is an idea that's being propagated out there in the internet. Go and read about it. And yeah, if you feel that you don't need to, then hey, this is your life. You can decide you don't need to, then don't do. Number three is, have you covered your biggest financial potholes? In other words, have you covered your basis, which we have established is your medical expenses and your HDB or your housing. Lah. Do you have a roof over your head? And just so happened in Singapore, it's about HDB. Okay, so yes, if you have done some of these things, great on you. If you have not, hey, I hope this episode gives you a skeleton to ideate and think before you plan your strategies. Because like I said, if your goals are not clear, all the strategy and risk discussion, it's useless. And I hope you learned something useful today. See ya! Hey, I hope you learned something useful today and truly appreciate that you took time off to better your life with the financial coconut. Knowledge is that much more powerful and interesting when shared, debated and discussed. Join our community telegram group, follow us on our social, sign up for our weekly newsletter. We are doing a weekly newsletter reboot. We are going to have a lot of information within the newsletter. Everything is in the description below. And if you love us and want to help us grow, definitely share the podcast with your friends and on your socials. Also, if you have any interesting thoughts you want to share or you know someone that we would like to hear from, reach out to us through hello at thefinancialcoconut.com With that, have a great day ahead Stay tuned next week And always remember Personal finance can be chill, clear And sustainable for all Okay, so I hope you 
enjoy yourself today and uh, learn some good questions to ask about retirement. And it's not about just fire, right? Like if you don't want to fire, uh, you also still have to ask some of these questions like before retirement. I think these are important. And recently, there's been an Instagram post that we put up uh, that was put together by Yunso, one of our community members. Right? Amazing. Got a lot, a lot, a lot of traction. So I know a lot of people are very concerned about this thing, like planning for retirement and planning for your parents' retirement such that, you know, they can live a decent life and you can also continue to build your life, right? So not a leaky bucket kind of situation. We can, we can talk more about that. If, if you, Kokan, are super interested, please write into us. Next week, next week, we're going to talk a little bit about T-bills, right? Because some of you have asked a little bit about T-bills and all these bonds. Uh, what, what is going on? How do you go about getting some of these T-bills? And at the same time, how do they sit in the broader bond landscape? I think uh, I wanted to spend more time to talk a little bit about that. So we'll see you next week on uh, Singapore T-Bills and answer if you should get it.